0: Wow, thank you so much for being back in church. Wow, I, I believe there were some newcomers just now. So maybe just now, you know, if we didn't get the opportunity to say hi to you, uh, maybe you came in a little bit later, or you're in the toilet. Just want to acknowledge you once again. If this is your first time, if you're here, we just want to say hi. If that's you, can you just uh, wave your hand one more time? Wave your, Oh, over there behind, there's a little boy there. Oh, yeah, he waves up your hands. Hello. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, let me just scan one more time. Over here, in front here, all right, we've got one more newcomer here. Hello, we've got a new friend. Anyone else? Wonderful. Great. Thank you so much for being back here again. It's a long weekend, and wow, traffic is amazing. It's empty. Correct not, correct not. How many of you felt coming to church? AY, hey, like, something wrong. Like, so easy to come back to church. It's so smooth. It's so nice. And there's another amazing thing as well. You know, today, so numb, it is also Pastor Miranda's birthday. Yeah. Hello, Pastor Miranda. Yeah. So, actually, all the fireworks you heard yesterday is not for Raya. It's actually for Pastor Miranda. that's celebrating. Yay. Wonderful. Okay. So, right now, we are in the series of Luke. How many of you have been uh, able to faithfully come or even tune online for the whole series since the beginning of Luke? Just give me a little wave so we see how many of you have been consistently come. Oh, great, wonderful. So now we are still in the whole uh, series on Luke and this part, I'll be talking on Luke uh, chapter 9, okay? Luke chapter 9, That this is what I felt in my spirit even I was just preparing, that the word greatest, who is the greatest? And this one just came out as I was just uh, 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 reading, and there's certain, there's a portion uh, in this week's uh, reading that really speaks very close to my heart, okay, which I will share in, in a little bit, because it speaks about um, the ministry that I'm actually serving in. And so happened that, you know, uh, as Pastor Chu was just uh, giving us, okay, you guys, you know, you're going to preach this to no, uh, plan that, okay, uh, Pastor Jamie you're going to preach on this particular topic because you know you're in this ministry and all that. No, it was just, so happened, it was just set like that, there was changes even, and so happened, I, I, I landed on this particular verse, and this is something that's really, really close to my heart, and something I just want to uh, share with you. Okay, so I entitled, Who is the Greatest? And when, when, when we hear about the word greatest, the word just great, every one of us has a Certain way of maybe uh, uh, quantifying what is great. For for example, some of you may say that oh, you know ah, uh, this hokkien mee in that shop ah, uh, really nice. It's like the best, the greatest hokkien mee. But someone else go then you bring your friend and then when your friend goes there and then they eat like, mm, I think the other place better lah. You know this is not so great. It's good lah, okay, but not the not so great lah. Nothing to shout about. And then. Your friend has that version that this is great, but then another friend may seem that no, this is not. So, at the end of the day, every one of us have a certain measurement to define greatness. And Jesus has His own measurement to define greatness. Okay, we may have one version. Jesus Himself has His own version to define the word greatness. Great. So, the first thing, if I look in the dictionary, okay, the dictionary, the word great, okay, the meaning is this, of an extent, and amount, intensity, or ability considerably above average. So, to have that title, great, it means that you, have, you either or you have done something beyond the normal, beyond the typical, you are above average. If your food is Great, if people label it as great, it has to be slightly better than someone else's one. Maybe more chiao cha la or more oil, I don't know. Lah, huh? Again, everyone has their own definition of great. So, I did my little research. So, the best place to do research is, I mean, aside from ChatGPT, is Google. Lah. Okay, so I actually Googled something. So, I like, asked, what is the greatest food in Malaysia? Okay, let me just see. When I count to three, Just give me a shout. What you think is the greatest food to you in Malaysia? Okay, one, two, three. Okay, I heard a lot of words. Okay, so the greatest food. So, okay, greatest food in Malaysia I found was? Well done. Very good, very good. Okay, I see some faces. No, no. Nasi lemak unhealthy. I don't let my children eat nasi lemak unhealthy. Okay, just joke. But nasi lemak, yeah, generally, if you Google, it comes out. As great because you can eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner at any time of the day. It's good. Uh, if you have not tried nasi lemak, please try. Okay, Malaysians, you better learn to eat nasi lemak. Okay, so nasi lemak, I think generally we can say, we can agree to this lah. Okay, so I asked the other question. The greatest holiday destination in the world, in the world, okay, not Malaysia. So again, okay, count of three, just tell me what you think is the greatest. One, two, three. Malaysia, sure <laughs> or not? Honest. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I, I heard Italy, uh, Morocco, I don't know, I'm simply throwing out names only. Disneyland. Uh, uh, Disneyland. Okay, holiday, that's Okay. What I found, okay, a country came out, okay, a country came out. So I'm not sure how true is this. Okay, again, please don't, don't crucify me. This is just a very random search. The first name that came out, I just took it, okay? It's Switzerland. Wow. Oh, how many of you agree it's Switzerland? Eh, not bad. Miss. correct. Ah. Okay. okay, I've never been. there. Ah. Okay, I've never seen. The closest I've been to a hill is Genting Highlands. Ah. Like that, you can see. Right? Okay, so I, I can't tell. So if you have been there, please do tell me. I know my parents love to go to Switzerland also. They had it once and it's good. All right, so looks like we agree. We agree. Okay, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. This one. The greatest movie of all time. Ah, okay. Let's just see whether you get it, okay? Think and see. I Think and see whether it's true. Again, I... Uh, I consider myself, I love to watch movies, but unfortunately, I have not watched this movie. I'm very sad. I'm disappointed in myself. Okay, so the movie is according to IMDB, according to Rotten Tomatoes, according to Metacritic. Okay, these are all things uh, websites that critics movies. They said that Shawshank Redemption. Ah, okay. Again, I have not watched it. I think after this, I need to go back and watch, okay? So you can see the, they, they have their own measurement that in IMDB, it says 9.3 out of 10. That is very good. Rotten Tomatoes, 91. Rotten Tomatoes, sometimes it's quite hard to get a high rating and Metacritic. okay? Uh, for some of you who don't watch movies, Rotten Tomatoes is not fruit, like spoiled fruit or something, okay? It's a proper place that they watch the movie and critic one. Okay, so this is what they said. All right, so great. Now, let me go to the uh, last one that I found. The greatest singer of all time. Okay? Uh, I, I hear some name. Okay, it's not anyone now. Okay, it's kinda quite long. Okay, so let's see. Is this arguably the greatest singer? Can we all agree together? It's <laughs> I don't know. Okay, this came out, okay? I'm not talking about his life or whatever. That's a separate thing, okay? This is just in its sense, you think he had uh 13 Grammy Awards, and then the Grammy Legend Award. I don't even know what's all these, so many. Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award, six Britain Brit Award, 5 people. It's a lot, lah. that's a lot. Again, these are the people of food or, or destinations, if I can put it that way, that people view as great. Again, when I put all these pictures, some of you are like, yes, yes. Some of you are like, no, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong. Again, everyone has their own form of measurement. And that's why when it comes to the word great again, it has to be above average, something that is different, out of the ordinary. And then on top of this, there's so many, like for actors, they all yearn after the Oscars, the Emmys, the Nobel Prize for those who do, uh, that benefits uh, humankind as a whole. And then for, for music, you have the Grammy Awards, all these kind of awards that people look forward in that sense, in their industry. And maybe for some of us, you know, we, we feel, oh, I'm not in that category, you know, uh, I'm just a normal person living life. But don't you think, if you think about it honestly, in our life, there is an element that we feel we want to be acknowledged. Right? We want to feel that, hey, I've done something well. I've done something above average. You know, uh, maybe serving in church, like, say, oh, I come like every week, you know, I come early for call time. I'm serving every week. I think I'm above average, right? And then we feel that, hey, You know, I feel I should be to a certain point that I am quite significant. Maybe I feel that I'm a bit greater in that sense, above average. And sometimes, let me ask you honestly, you know, in conversations, when we talk with each other, we have a nice story. Imagine, you just say, I'm talking to uh, uh, Pastor Isaac, you know, we're talking, ha, ha, ha. Pastor Isaac is telling me a story uh, about his life, just say uh, a particular topic, and then I'll be like listening, you know. If you think about it, honestly, sometimes, not every time, sometimes we are actually not fully interested in the other person's story. We are just listening, hoping for a moment that we can tell our version of the story that is better than theirs. Correct or not? Correct or not? We want to put ourselves out there to make our life, our, our story, a bit more significant. And I'm not sure how true is it, Fisher people who like to fish do that. Oh, you caught a fish. go, oh, good, good, good. You know, last week, huh, I caught a this fish bigger, you know. Or I don't know. Some people say golfers. Okay, I don't play golf. Oh, you played. Oh, you know, last time I did this. You know? Oh, you did that. So again, what I'm trying to say is this, that we sometimes, subconsciously, we just want to be a bit more significant than others. In Luke chapter 9, Verse 42, the disciples had this little moment as well. They wanted to know, hey, who is greater? Is it me? Is it you? Who? In in, in the presence of Jesus, they wanted to know who is the first among equals. That's why as we read later, you will see one mindset that the disciples had during this season, and the mindset, I just want to call this mindset that, I am better than you mindset, okay? I am better than you. So, as we open the Bible, Luke chapter 9, verse 46. So, this was Jesus was just sharing, just uh, uh, as as you continue, he was just sharing to the disciples and there there was one point when the disciples just had a little discussion. Probably Jesus was not specifically there in the discussion. Maybe the disciples were just having a small little discussion here and maybe Jesus was just over there. And this happened. Then a dispute arose among them, the disciples, as to which of them would be greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set him by him. Forty-eight, and said to them, Whoever receives this little child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is the least among you all. Uh, among you will be great. Sorry, there shouldn't be all that. Okay, so I'm going to go back to verse uh, 46. Then a dispute arose among them as to which of them would be greatest. You see, so even the disciples were struggling with this issue. They said, okay, it was an argument. Can you believe it? These, just remember, these are the disciples that have followed Jesus. He, they have seen whatever Jesus has done they have definitely learned from Jesus in his own walk with, uh, with them. And they can argue, have a, uh, a dispute to say, hey, I am greater than you, you know. I know more than you. I am greater than you. And I truly believe this, that the disciples in the beginning, when, they, when Jesus first called them, I believe that deep inside their spirit, they didn't have that mindset. I want to follow Jesus to be great. I don't think so because when Jesus said, Follow me, let go of everything. Kind of opposite of being great. So I believe the disciples started well. But as they journeyed, things happened, uh, they, they did certain things, their mindset started to change. And what I felt, what made them have a change in their mindset to have that mindset that I'm better than you, that I'm greater than you, I believe it is in verse 6. Okay, if you. If you have your Bibles, flip to verse Luke 9, verse 6. What happened that caused them to have a change in their mindset? In verse 6, it says this. So they set out and went from the village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. The disciples, after following Jesus for a certain period, had the opportunity to now, Jesus said, Okay, guys, Go go proclaim the gospel, go and heal the sick, go and bring forth the good news. Those are good things because Jesus gave them the authority, Jesus gave them that power. And so I believe they went out. They did all these great miraculous things. Truly, I believe it was good things. They healed, the, they healed the sick, they cast out demons. But after a while, doing so much of all this, I believe slowly the flesh started to take over. Maybe there is some form of Competition. Hey, I cast out five demons. How many you cast out? Three only. Uh, you know, I healed the sick. Now the sick, the lame can walk. Did you heal? You didn't heal. I think I'm a bit better. I have more authority than you. Okay, I'm just paraphrasing a lot of things. But I believe as they started to do more, greater things for Jesus, slowly it went into their head a little bit. And they felt, you know, I think it's time to be recognized. That is why they had that little argument. They had that Dispute because it was no longer about their spirit wanting to serve other people as how Jesus started his ministry. It, it became, maybe it started as that, but as time moved, their flesh decided to take over. And they felt that, hey, I think I need to be acknowledged. For all of us, I believe we can relate to this a little bit. You know, sometimes we have served God for a long time, and feel you God, hey, do you see me or not? I've done so much for you. You know, I've, I've put everything before you, God. I started by saying, yes, I want to put you first, and therefore I put my, my business aside because I just want to honour you first. I, I believe many of us started well. But when times got a little bit, maybe a little bit harder, maybe things got so good for you even that we forget that hey, are we actually doing it for ourselves, or actually are we doing it because God actually asked us to do that particular thing in the first place? You no, know, sometimes when when uh, I just going to give uh, 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 like a, a job, I think I gave this example in a few of my sermons. Back you know when we pray. There's sometimes that we pray for a job because we don't have a job. Lord, give me a good job. Give me a good job. And then really, truly, God gave you a really a good job and believe it's from Him. But end up, that job takes you away from Jesus, from the church, from serving Him in your life and then we forget the whole purpose that God gave us, that job was actually because we truly trusted in Him, that did in our spirit, that Lord, I want to glorify you in this job. But when we got it, immediately that, that, that moment is gone, the condition that changed. Oh, now my flesh is, I think I need to work harder. I need to sacrifice coming to church. I need to sacrifice my time with God. I need to do because my job. It becomes now an opposite thing that we, we totally forgot why we started in the first place. Same thing as we serve God. How come I serve God so much My business is not getting any better. I've put everything for Jesus. Why is my life so upside down? God, shouldn't you naturally give me back more because I've given you so much? Right? Sometimes we have this in our minds. And that is what the disciples felt when they had that moment of argument between each other. They wanted to be recognised. And Jesus, he said this in the next verse in 47, Jesus knew the condition of their heart and how they were asking because he said, and Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and sat by him and said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. I'm just going to focus on the first part. The disciples, again, they did not say exactly how the disciples talked, but it could be that the disciples were talking in a sense or arguing in a sense that seemed very godly oh you know I want I should be the greatest among you because I want to do more for Jesus you know I feel because I, I, I can give my life to Jesus I should be the greatest among all of you so that I can serve God better it could have gone that way maybe sometimes in our conversations with others we Lay, we put our sentences. We structure our sentences very nicely to say that, oh, actually, I want this. I'm requesting for this so that I can serve God better. So that I can put God first. You know, if I become, example, acknowledged as like, I'm maybe for some of us we yearn to be cell leaders. I'm not sure. Do I have anyone here? I, I, don't raise up your hand, please. We yearn to be a cell leader because it's so that I can serve God better. Okay. Again, I'm not judging any one of you. If you have asked to be a cell leader, please, I'm not saying something against you. But I'm just saying maybe deep in our hearts, are we truly saying that when we want that particular position, is it because for our self-gratification or is it because truly, truly, we yearn after God's desire over our life? Again, only you know. And Jesus, for, for the disciples, he knew what was in their heart, that at the end of the day, this, the disciples had a desire to self-gratify. And with all this, Jesus, I believe if I was Jesus that in, in that sense, if just say I was playing that role, I'd be so disappointed, so disappointed with the disciples because why? Again, these are the people that follow Jesus. They are not just people who, you know, once in a while hear the message. These are the people that actually follow Him and they can have this mindset as the mentor or the teacher to them. He will have felt so disappointed that you guys, can't you even catch what I've been telling, trying to tell you about all these things that's serving me? It's not about yourself serving the people. It's not about your self-gratification. Why can't you get it? I believe that is what Jesus felt during that period. And Jesus rebuked them. How? Bringing a little child. Bring a little child, and setting it on his lap. Now, okay, let's imagine this. Lah. thank you, thank you, thank me. Okay, there's no baby here. In case you're wondering, whose baby is that? Okay, it's not. This is just a carrier. Imagine this. Imagine this is a baby, lah. Imagine the disciples would say, mm, No, 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 I'm the greatest, it, all, all that argument, bum, bum, And Jesus, without having to say anything, just brings a child and puts it here beside him. There will be a very, very weird moment for the disciples, right? Um, uh, Dear Jesus, why, why a child? Sally, come here, you know, we are trying to. Talk about adult things, you know, about who's greater. Don't bring a child into this moment. I believe that was in their head, like, what what, what is happening? Jesus, what are you trying to do? And Jesus said what? In verse 48, and He said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives uh, him who sent me. And, what did He say? For he who is the least among you will be This is what's like a little slap on your face. I'm great, I'm great. And he said, who is least among you will be considered great. It's a bit confusing for for them, I believe, at that point in time. And you know what? I believe Jesus loves to use the children as an example to talk about greatness. There's another part in Matthew. Okay, Matthew therefore says, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So what about a child that Jesus wanted to educate or let the disciples catch? What is it about a child? Because remember again, the context. The disciples had a certain mindset that they know it all. They feel that they know it all, that's why that argument happened, that they feel, I know it all, therefore I should be greater than you. Jesus then brings a, baby, a little child and sets it by him, beside him. So what about a little child that... Jesus wanted the disciples to catch. So I look into the word, the Greek of the word, the child, that is actually called Pideon. And this child is not like a teenager, or like, it's an infant, a toddler, a very young, little, cute baby. Okay? Cute, cute. This is the age that you generally like to say, cute, cute. Oh, you're so cute. (laughs) Ah, That kind of age. So Jesus brought him down. So, in our generation today, or even of, of, of any generation. Naturally, if you want to learn something from someone, we will normally go for someone older than us, correct or not? If you have, because when you are older, therefore it means that you probably have more experience than me, therefore I can learn from you. That's only natural. Now, I've seen before, you know when you are sick, you're sick, you go to the doctor. huh? When you go to the doctor... And just say you've never been to this doctor before, lah. Huh? Emergency unit, go. You open the door, oh, the doctor can see you now. Open the door, shoo. You see a young doctor, the face there, very young one. Tell me honestly, what is in your heart? Ah, huh? yo, this doctor can or not, lah. Huh, huh this one really doctor, not uh, just graduate only. uh, I think I want an older doctor. Sometimes some of us even have said, "Uh, do you have another doctor? Right? Right? It's natural. Okay, it's natural because naturally we want to learn from someone that we feel has more to offer. And that's why it's so weird that Jesus brought a little child. What can I learn from a little child? He is considered not great in a normal person's eyes. A child has three attributes that I caught from this, okay? Three characteristics of children that I I believe Jesus was just trying to share with the people. The first characteristic is this, trust. A child trusts very easily. Um, Again, the child I'm talking is a very young child, okay? Young one. I know the older the child gets, slowly their level of trust towards others reduces, Okay, because I have this example, uh, my friend, okay, I'm not sure if it's here, Vincent, okay, Vincent Chia. He's a father of, uh, 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 of uh, one boy, Kyler. So, when the, the son was just born, okay, around one years old, when he can start to walk a little bit, literally, anyone can carry Kyler. Anyone, this baby is just like, ah, eh, smile, you see, ah, put a hand, here, just like, eh. okay, carry. And then when he can start to walk, you just walk, he'll just follow, ah, oh, come, Kyler, follow me. He will just follow no matter who it is, okay? So this is Kyler to a point that the parents actually, as a parent, beginning, they felt, yo, so good lah. You know, I can rest so that other people can just carry my, 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 my Kyler easy. But slowly, he said, Ayoh. sometimes uh, he don't know Kyler follows who. He just trusts anyone, random, sometimes, even in a shopping mall, walking, suddenly, like, like someone say, hi. Just, maybe suddenly just walk there a little bit like, Kyler, where you go? You know, that kind of feeling. So, what I'm trying to say is this. A child at a very young and tender age generally trusts people very easily. And we know as they grow older, sometimes, you know, like example, if you carry one child, let's say as a little baby, you can carry very easy. Every time I see you, you're like oh, she'll recognize you, carry, carry, carry. Later, give yourself another six months, you see the baby again. They suddenly change. They look at you, it's like, who are you? Don't carry me. That kind of thing. Suddenly, they can just change one. As they grow older, then they grow older, maybe at a certain age, they just decide, no one else can carry me except my mummy. No one else. They suddenly lose trust in other people in that sense, I can put it that way. Same for us. As we grow up, our trust towards people, our trust, our skepticism starts to grow. And it also applies to our trust in God. As we grow older. That's why the Bible says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make make straight your paths. Jesus wanted to show the disciples to learn to trust Him like how a child trusts others. And it's not about how much we have done. It's not about... No, leaning on our own understanding. Because again, as adults, the, the, the disciples were at that point of time leaning on their own understanding to show that I've done so much, I've done so much at this point of time that now, Lord, instead of acknowledging you, you are greatest, they want to acknowledge themselves that I am now greater than the other person. When we feel in our life, when life has the journey of life sometimes has caused us to choose to glorify ourselves more than actually putting our trust in God. Because we know why, because sometimes the blessing that God has given us, the blessing of academics, the blessing of experience in life, the blessing of maturity or wisdom, some of us are really blessed in that. That because of all this, sometimes, unfortunately, We feel that I think I know and therefore, God, thank you very much. I think I trust myself more because I've seen results. Doesn't that sometimes feel like certain seasons of our lives, we go through that? And this is what God is trying to say. No, guys, friends, learn to trust in me first with all your heart. It all starts with the heart trust in me. And that is like a child. A simple childlike faith, just trusting whoever it is. The second characteristic, dependency. Dependent. You know, a child is very dependent on an, 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 on an adult or a parent in that sense. Because, you know, example, if a child wants to take something that is too high, what's the first thing they do? Either they They cry or don't know what's happening. They will say, "Ah, Mommy, Mommy, help me carry. Help me take. Help me take. They know how to ask for help because they know they cannot do it. They know their own limitations. Of course, again, as they grow up, it's slightly different. They will try their way to climb or whatever. But in the beginning, they will know the limitation to say, I cannot, I cannot help me. Because I say in children's church, you know, sometimes uh, a child wants to do something and like example, to flip the Bible. Very simple. For us, you know, like, is that flip the Bible? Okay, find the book of Corinthians. Uh, where is Corinthians? Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, where of? Oh, don't want to let people see that you cannot find, right? Uh, cover, sorry. Uh, look at the, uh, what's that, the contents. Where page one, one, something? Flip, flip, flip. We, we are sometimes afraid to ask for help. A child, very simple, if they really don't know where to find a page, teacher, where's the page? Where is First Corinthians? And then they know that. When they cannot, they will immediately ask for help. And as adults, you know, for adults sometimes, you notice that we generally don't ask for help. Very simple example, ah. simple example. Okay, Ego, ah. ego. Men, or laugh. Why ladies all laugh? Just an example, okay? Just a little example. This is true for me also. When you're in a shopping mall, you cannot find a particular shop. You know there is this shop in, in this particular shopping mall, but you walk, 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 you cannot find it. Hey, I thought it was here. Last time I remember it was here. Man. What's the first thing we do? We try, I think it's the other side. Let me walk here and say, no, no, no. Try to walk that side. Hey, don't have, you know, don't have. We technically, most of the time, we won't stop and ask someone, excuse me, where is the shop? Correct or not, man? Or driving, looking for instructions. Sometimes we feel... It's like if we ask someone for help, it's like our manhood is questioned. That kind of thing. It's like you cannot. It's like I must be independent. I need to know it. It It's just a little simple example that, you know, we, we, we sometimes feel that, you know, I can depend on myself. Now I'm talking generally, not just men, okay? I'm not trying to say a certain group of people, but all of us as we grow up generally, we find that... It's very hard for us to learn to depend on God even. And what does the Word say? I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. You will bear no fruits. Jesus wanted us to depend on Him. Jesus wanted the disciples to learn from a child to learn to be dependent. That spiritually, we need to be dependent on Jesus. That is not about, I know everything. And for us, for most of us, we say, yes, actually, I do depend on God. I seriously do. But most of us, maybe I can say, we depend on God at the last resort. When we have exhausted all forms of options, then we say, God, now I need you because I have no more way. But what Jesus wants to share to us is that, am I your first resort? Am I your first? first person that you depend on. Because you see, a branch can only grow fruits if it's constantly in connection with the vine. Not as and when. It is a constant connection. It's a constant fellowship. Jesus wanted us, the disciples, to learn, guys, I want you to be dependent on me, not as a last resort, a constant dependency on me. That is the characteristic of a child, very dependent on others. And as an adult, it gets tougher, it gets tougher. And the last one, the third characteristic, a child is very genuine. A child speaks whatever they feel is in their heart. Okay, yes. So now, why do I say this, okay? If a little child is up here and I bring this lion to a child and say, come pet this lion. Ah, careful, ah, careful, ah. the lion will bite, ah. You know how the child will actually pet the lion? Very slowly, one. Correct? Now, you say, especially in children ministry, you see that, ah, oh, come, come, this is a lion, I ah, come pet. Oh, then they all be very, like, truly believe that this is really a lion. And then if suddenly I say, Oh, they all you're scared, you scared, scared, scared. You know They would, because why? They genuinely believe that this is a lion. If I ask an adult to do that, I can't pet this lion, I'm like, please la. <laughs> Why not? Please la, I know la, it's not a lion la. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sit. Okay, don't wanna sit. Okay, <laughs> okay, Chinese New Year. This is something I see every time. When you see Chinese, tung, 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 the lion dance come out. Oh, zhong, zhong, zhong. A child, when he sees that, he really believes that that lion is a real animal. It's some form of animal. He's like, oh, yo, uh, ask, mommy, can I touch that animal? Can I touch? Oh, and then they really want to touch and all that. And they feel so excited. You suddenly see lion dance, they all like, really, they leap for joy, right? Because they genuine, genuinely believe that there is this animal that is coming to do dances and jumping. They feel so happy. Adults. Lion dance comes like, uh, the guy inside must be very hot, uh, I think. Uh. <laughs> you see, our imagination, is actually the magic in that sense, magic of the fantasy, the magic of just imagining, all disappears. We all Because we are, again, we are getting too smart. We know all this. But you see, a child is just so genuine when you tell them that, they will just believe it. That is what Jesus is looking for in our spirit. How genuine are we when we say, Jesus, I love you? Is it just a word? Is it just a sentence? How genuine are we in our spirit when we say, Jesus, I want to follow after you? I want to do your will in my life? How genuine. Because again, we know as we grow, when things happen in our life, we, we lose that uh, uh, concept of being real. We feel very afraid of putting ourselves there. That our whole life, God, I just want to trust in you. And therefore, we don't fully give our life to Jesus. We keep some. And the verse is that it's so powerful. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, who are genuine in their heart, that say when they want to see God, I can see God. Not as a child. Again, I have the benefit to serve in the children's ministry. When a child says, because they're so genuine in their spirit, right? When they say, how many of you want to see Jesus? When they raise up their hands, it's not because their friends are just raising up and all that. They genuinely say, I want to see Jesus. I'll put up my hand. And because of that purity in their spirit, that purity that they're so genuine, they will see God. They will see God. And I just want to show you a little short clip, okay, of a session that in the children ministry that the children were just worshipping God. And just hear the voices of the children when they say, the worship leader just said, come, let's just worship Jesus. We have a very simple song. And they just worship deep from their spirit. Okay, just watch this video. Can you just play it one more time? One. I want you now to really listen to the voice of the children. What you're hearing is actually not from the mic; It's the voice of the children. In this shot. It shows how genuine the children are. When we ask them, children, you want to see Jesus? Then just tell Jesus that you have decided to follow Him and that you will not turn back. And this is what we saw. There was no need to come on. They just sang. Because why? Deep in their spirit, there was purity. They were very genuine to one, to see God. Many of us, probably, have lost that purity in our spirit when we say we want to see God. Again, there's a lot of self-reflection today. That at times we feel that, God, explain yourself to me, show to me in A, B, C. If you don't show me in A, B, C, sorry. Nah. God, I thought you were supposed to do that for me. I didn't see that. Therefore, God, I don't think you are true. That we, maybe some of us, we read the Bible, read, 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 not for the sake of knowing God better, but read just to find some sort of proof that God is true, some sort of scientific truth to use the Bible to compare with science and all that. We lost. We lost that purity in our spirit for whatever reason. And that is probably what happened to the disciples as well. And you know, friends, even if we are in this season of um, the Bible reading plan, can I humbly tell you as well that reading the Bible does not make us closer to God. Just purely reading the Bible will not bring us closer to God. We we'll probably have better knowledge about what Christianity is, better knowledge about who God is. But deep in our spirit, probably nothing might will happen. You know many theologians that actually teach in Bible schools, some of them don't believe in Jesus. They are theologians. They read the Bible. They know the word deep down as knowledge. But the word is not rima to them. It's not a living word. It's just a form of knowledge that they present to someone else. Friends, genuine. This is something that Jesus wanted the disciples to catch and he I believe that is something that He wants us to catch today. From a child. Again, the childlike faith. That's so why you see, children are so precious that at the end of the day, children, whatever you teach them at a young age, they will grow up using that as their form of truth. Whether it's right or wrong. Whether it's right or wrong. Because as a child, they capture everything. Whatever is shared to them, they will catch. And here... In SIBKL, this is something that I truly cherish about the church that we are all in here today. You know, the church really believes in the children. They really believe in the children and the lives of the children that we want to train them up well so that when they grow up, they will not depart from the Word that God has placed in their heart at a very young and tender age. Because why? Children is so precious in the eyes of Jesus. That's why He used children as examples to teach adults. And that's why with all this, I want to just share with you that this year we are having a children rally. At the end of the year, this is something truly that is so exciting because why we believe the lives of the children, as you saw just now, the lives of the children at a tender age, they are hungry for Jesus. And their hearts, they are ready to hear what God has installed for them. That's why at this rally, we believe as the children come in, as they are hungry, as their spirit is ready to receive from God, we want to create a platform to serve these children, to serve them at a young age so that their spirits can be changed and that at one moment, in the three days, their lives will be changed forever. That is what we want to believe because again, children are so important in the eyes of, god and this is where i just want to give a little advertisement friends we need your help to serve the children we need your help to serve the children in this rally because in luke 9 verse 48 says and he said to them whoever receives this little child in my name receives them you know this is also one part of the verse where you know because the disciples were so focused on their own self, right? It's about me, me, me. Jesus wanted them to think, stop thinking about yourself for a little while, receive a child in my name. Which means receiving the child in Jesus' name, it means that they are forgetting whatever is about themselves and now they want to serve this child because for the sake of Jesus' In Matthew just now it says, unless you humble yourself like these little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. At the end of the day, greatness in the kingdom of God is not how we view it, the measurement is not about how much we have done, how much miracles, how long we have served God or how much we are about to do for God. Greatness in the kingdom of God comes from humility. It's about casting your side, casting yourself aside, care for a little child in the name of Jesus, putting aside our own agendas to be great. And when we have learned to put all that and humble ourselves, then greatness will come. Jesus himself showed us what humility is really all about in Philippians. Jesus, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. And because of that, therefore, God exalted him to the highest places and gave him the name that is above every other name. Jesus, even Jesus humbled himself to be what? To be like like a servant. A servant means nothing, no value. Jesus himself did that. And in Jesus' journey in life with the disciples, he, he showed them what it means to be humble. But the disciples still did not get it, even being so close to Jesus. And that's why Jesus, again, I just want to show this first, that Jesus had to humble them to show them learn from a child. Learn from a child. Be humble and just be like a child. This mindset of I am better than you, it targets every single one of us. Whether we are a new Christian, old Christian, leaders, pastor, it is always there at the back of our head sometimes. Because why? This is a mindset that comes from the evil one. Remember that? The evil one is there like a crouching, like a waiting to pounce. For a moment that we know we leave our minds open for such words to come into our spirit, he will take that opportunity. That's why, friends, we need to be very careful. Very careful, because again, like the disciples, they were so close to Jesus physically, and they still allowed this to come into their spirit. What about all of us? What about all of us? Friends, can I encourage you to really be spiritually careful with the words that we say? Because at the end of the day, what is truly in our hearts? What is truly in our hearts? Because in the continuation of Luke, the other verses that goes on after this, we thought that maybe after this, after whatever Jesus had told them about the child and others, they would have caught it, right? like Jesus already in their face, rebuked them, you know, you need to be like a child, you need to be humble like them. We might think that they've got it already. No. The disciples didn't get it. Because later in the other verses, one situation is this. Now John answered, said, "Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We forbade him because he does not follow with us." But Jesus said to him, "Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on, oh, sorry, but he is not against us is on our side." That's right. This was the time when you know there was just another group of people just casting out uh, demons, doing the work of Jesus, and saying in the name of Jesus. But John, a disciple of Jesus, said, that, "Hey, this guy is not in our group." He doesn't do things with us. Therefore, hey, we need to stop Him. Jesus said what? No. No. In other words, Jesus, in paraphrasing it, just because He is not with you all in the same world does not mean that you are better than them and they cannot do the work of God. Because the, what the disciples felt, what John felt at that time, is like, no, these people shouldn't be doing it. They're not in our group. It's all about them once again. This was just immediately after that whole example. And then the second situation, this one is even worse. This one, now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Verse 53, but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem, And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Wow. Wow. Just because the Samaritans did not accept Jesus, because Jesus was focusing on Jerusalem, which is in in the Samaritans' eyes that Jesus wanted to go towards the Jews. You know, Samaritans and Jews have that little conflict. So if, oh no, Jesus, you're going to the Jews, we won't accept you. Disciples straight away say this, Jesus, should we then destroy all of them? Wow. Again, what is in their heart? And immediately, what did Jesus do? He turned to them and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. See, at the end of the day, how much do we truly know the heart of God at the end of the day? Because when the disciples were just challenging each other, of who is the greatest, they did not understand the heart of God of who is the greatest. When they said, God, this person, you know, is doing ministry in your name, but he's not with us. He shouldn't be doing it. They did not understand the heart of God that it's not just about them. It's about for the people who are lost. And in the Samaritan village, when they were not accepted in that sense, the first thing that came into their mind is let's destroy them. Jesus rebuked them and said, you truly do not understand what is in my heart. And remember, these children, uh, these disciples, sorry, Followed Jesus very closely. What about us today, friends? What about us today? How much do we truly know Jesus? Now, I just want to close by just sharing this little story. It says this church, you know, in the states, it's called in Chicagoland area, and this pastor. His name is Dr. James McDonald. He's the senior pastor of this church. Uh, this is not his church, okay. It's just uh, some picture I found. But I want all of us to catch this. He wanted to do an experiment to see how much the people truly love others, okay? And what happened is this. This senior pastor decided to dress up as a homeless man. Okay, homeless man wearing... Uh, he kept his beard, he wear like a beanie, some some clothes, just very dressed down like a homeless man. And he sat in front of the church. And then he had a camera somewhere hiding to see how would people react. How would people react? So th- there was a video that came out, you can look it online, it's quite some time back as well. So he sat there, and no one knew, he just sat there. And as he reviewed the video and he saw, people just walked past him. They saw the man at the entrance. They just see him. He had a cup there for you know donation and all that. They saw and then they walk away. Some of them choose to avoid and use other ways. He tested in his few campuses that he had. And then finally, on one of the day, he just took whatever he had and walked straight into the church and stood at the pulpit. This, this is him. And he shared his discovery. He played the video of to see whether the people actually truly say they, when they love Jesus that deep in their heart they genuinely care for others because that's the heart of Jesus. So he said, honestly, there were some that he was just disappointed naturally that he knows these people who just walk past him and choose not to be close to him. But majority of his church members actually helped him. They gave food, they provided shelter, and all that kind of thing. What I'm trying to say is this. If a man like him today Walks in here. What will we do? Smelling with alcohol, smelling awful because they have not washed their clothes for days, have not showered, the body odor is all there, and choose to just sit somewhere. What will we do? Will we have the heart of Jesus say, come, come? Or will we be like the disciples to think it's about me? Oh, sorry, please. Sorry, uh, church is not for people like you. Church is for people like us. That was the disciples' mindset at that point of time. Friends, this is the real challenge that we have today. That being great in the eyes of God is not how we see it. It's not about because we've done so much that we dress well or you know, we are successful in life. Those are good, again, please don't get me wrong. Those are good that when God bless you, praise God for that. But let's not use that as a reason to say, I am better than you. Let's not do that. Because again, that is not the heart that Jesus has. Jesus' heart is always for others. So friends, humble ourselves if we can can I encourage everyone, even for myself, I'm speaking to myself. sometimes it's very hard to swallow the humble pie, right we say that and it's so true. Again, just use the example. If that man is seated beside you, what would you do? You have to answer that yourself. you have to answer that yourself. So as I close, Let's be very careful. Be very careful, friends. Again, I'm speaking to myself as well. Let's not have the I know it all mindset. Let's not have that. Let's come humbly before Jesus Christ and let us know Him more and more. Because sometimes we think we know Jesus so much, but we actually have so much more about Him that we do not know and we think we know it. So can I just humbly ask everyone today, take away that sense of familiarity that we know Jesus, we know everything about Him. Allow Him to teach us once again, like a little child. A little child is hungry to receive. A little child is just waiting for their mommy and daddy to give them food. A little child is just waiting for their teacher To teach them mathematics they're just waiting to receive can all of us today be like a little child as jesus told the disciples humble yourself like a child and learn once again what i want to speak to you what jesus wants to speak to you because at the end of the day greatness in the kingdom of god comes from humility That is what is considered as great in the eyes of Jesus. Friends, today I just want to share with you a little song that we sing in the children's ministry. And it speaks about the hunger of a child, a prayer of a child, that as they grow up, they want to grow up continuing to know jesus they want to continue growing up to love jesus more because we can never say i know jesus enough we cannot say that and can i today just invite every one of you to be like a child today that we want to continue to grow up knowing jesus knowing his heart just sing this song together with the team and just look at the lyrics look at the words i pray that the words will speak to you today i want to know you lord you are a great big god i'm young and do not know a lord come and be my own i want to love giving you my life and all, you died for me, you sacrificed, I won't forget you, Lord. One more time, I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you, Lord, you are a great big God, I'm young and do not know a lot, come and be I want to love you more Giving you my life and all You die for me, you sacrificed I won't forget you, Lord Sis, I love you, Jesus I love you, Jesus I grow up knowing you I love you, Jesus i grow up serving you i love you jesus my life was saved by you i'll never forget never forget i grow up knowing you powerful song right that we want to continue growing up loving jesus knowing jesus as we learn to humble ourselves before jesus that we want to allow jesus to just work in our life friends can i just invite every one of you to stand as we close that today can i encourage you if you feel deep in your heart that that this is your desire that i want to be like a child once again to know jesus just raise up your both your hands as a sign of surrender to jesus and we're just going to sing this song one time as we close that again that you see you are saying that in your heart in your spirit that lord help me to humble myself to know you more let's sing it together i want to know you lord you are love you more, giving you my life and all. You die for me, you sacrifice, I won't forget you. One more time, let's sing. I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you, Lord. For me you sacrifice, I won't forget you, Lord, as we say we love you. I love you, Jesus. I grow up knowing you. I love you, Jesus. I grow up serving you. I love you, Jesus. My life was saved by you. By you I'll never forget, never forget I grow up Let's just sing one more time with the voices As an act of prayer to Jesus That to say, Lord Jesus I want to continue loving You I really want to know You Let's really mean it from the bottom Of our hearts I love You Jesus I grow up Knowing You Jesus I grow up serving you I love you Jesus my life was saved by you I'll never forget never forget I grow up knowing I'll never forget I'll never forget never forget I grow up knowing I'll never forget, never forget. I grow up knowing you. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have reminded us once again that, Lord, to not just think about ourselves, but to think about others to learn to be humble before You, to learn to trust on You, to trust in You, that we will not lean on our own understanding, that we learn to depend on You, Lord Father. That Lord, because at the end of the day, that Lord, You are that good vine, and that Lord, we are the branches. Help us to learn to know that we need You. Help us today, even as we go back, as we read Your Word, as we spend time with You. Lord, we will know You. We will know Your heart so that as we grow up, as we continue growing, that Lord, we will grow into the steps that You have set before us, Lord Father. That Lord, at the end of the day, Lord, that we can come humbly before You today. Lord, greatness is not about ourselves,
1: as you have shown it to us.
0: So I thank you, Jesus, that you are a great God. You are a great God. You have done great things in our lives, and that Lord, today I just as I pray for every single one of us here at home or even physically here, that Lord Jesus, I pray that everyone here, Lord, as they have put their life before you. As they have learned to trust in You, Lord, they will do great things in their life, Father, Lord. They will do great in their workplace. They will do great in their families. They will do great in their schools, wherever they are, Lord Jesus, because You are there with them. So, Lord Jesus, I thank You that Your face is always facing towards us, that, Lord, Your peace and blessing will always go with us as well. Thank You, Jesus for your wonderful work on the cross. Lord, as we go back, I pray that we will be the light to the people around us, that we will show your love to be around us, Lord Father, just like a child showing love to others. Thank you, Jesus. Give us that. A journey mercy wherever we are. I pray to have a wonderful fellowship as well in our dinners later and with our friends. Thank you, and your peace will go with us today. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, everyone. The service is officially over. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you tomorrow for the second part of Luke where Pastor Jeffrey will be speaking on it. Thank you so much. Goodbye.